Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. So we are busy with hearing God's voice and what we've been speaking on last week and this week specifically is there's a scripture that we find and it says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test to see if they are from God. So how do we test the spirits? How do we test if we are hearing God's voice? And that's specifically what we're looking at. We look at three of those tests last week. We're going to look at three of those tests again. And if you missed the first one, do not worry. You're not going to miss out. I will recap some of it also for you, but you won't be. I'm confused tonight when we go through it. You can also find it on the internet, on Apple Podcast or Spotify. There you can find all of our sermons with the slides there if you want to go and, and listen to it. But before I dive in tonight, I just want to f- share two things that God really laid in my heart this week, specifically when it comes to, to hearing God's voice. You know, and when we as a church want to hear from God or as Christians, and I just want to ask us a question When last have you heard? God speaking to you. I don't have to answer, obviously, just there you're sitting. Think to yourself, when last have you heard God's voice? What is He saying to you? Where is He leading you to? And then a second question, who believes that God still speaks? Let me see some hands. Everybody believes God still speaks. He wants to speak. He wants to speak to us. He wants to commune with us. Then the third question How much time do you diligently spend in pursuing God and His voice? I also don't have to answer that, but just to to ask ourselves that question. Because like Carla also said, I'm so glad she shared that scripture. The psalmist, and in his mind when he writes the psalms, and he has this picture of one thing I ask of the Lord, and it's not going bad with me at the moment. There's not something that I need or some direction that I'm seeking. I simply I want to ask this one thing, that I may gaze upon the beauty of the Lord in His temple. I want to be with Him. I want to experience His presence. If I have one request, that's it. May I be near to God. And last week we looked at a scripture, John 10, it's not on the board, which speaks about Jesus being the good shepherd, leading His people, calling them by name. And in verse 3, it says, the sheep Follow him because they hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. He leads them out. He brings them together like we are gathered now. Calls our name and we believe in him and we call upon him and he leads us to a pasture and there we sit with him. And then there's an interesting transition that happens from verse 3 to verse 4. In verse 4 it says, when he goes out before them, the sheep follow him because they know his voice. There was a move from hearing to knowing. And for the sheep that was in that pasture, however it looked, it was enough for them to simply be with Jesus. I don't know if he's going to lead me out to better places. I don't know if he's going to take us to greener pastures. But it's enough for me just to be with him. And when the time came that he led them out, they could follow easily because they knew his voice. To such an extent that the scripture says, the voice of the stranger they will not listen to, but they will flee from, for they do not know 
the voice of a stranger. They are very, very well discerned in who God is and how he speaks. How this voice sounds like. You know, and sometimes for us in the modern days, it's a danger because there's a perception going around that that's okay. It's okay for us to put God on the bench and call him whenever we need him. When we want direction, now we're seeking God. When we want provision, when we want healing, when we want deliverance. And he wants to do all of those things for us. But we need to have a heart that says, Lord, I just simply want to be with you. I'm seeking you. You know, A.W. Tozer writes, he says, The church struggles to find God or to hear God because they're seeking God and, with a focus on and. God and this, God and that. And he says, and when the and falls away, we will very quickly discover God and his voice. Simply you that I'm seeking, Lord. Nothing else. And the second thing is that many times we struggle to hear God's voice because we want to listen selectively. I want the leading of God in certain areas, but I don't want to be led by God as a whole. So when this situation comes or I don't know where to go, then I'm going to sit at God's feet and say, Lord, this situation, what are you saying? But God is pressing a button in other places. The way you speak to your wife or your husband or that relationship that you need to go and reconcile. How about we speak about that first? And then we just leave it one-sided. A couple of weeks back when Werner was speaking on repentance, he asked the question, how well do you hear God speaking about those things in your life? And I turned to the other Werner. We were sitting next to me. And I said to him, I hear that voice very quickly, but I ignore it just as quickly. I also said to him, I don't know why I do that. Like pretending like I'm not hearing God, as if he's thinking, oh, Vian didn't hear me now, I'll try again later. And then it takes a while for God just to press that button to say, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. I know I'm not fully yielded. I'm again seeking my own motivations, my own things, and I don't want to give in. I'm listening. And the best thing is when, when you leave that thing for too long and you're seeking God for something else, then he just presses that button again. But you remember that thing I've already spoken about? How about we go there first? And we need to go there. You know, there's a scripture in 2 Chronicles 16 verse 8 that says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro the earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. Beautiful scripture. Whose hearts are loyal to him. One of the Afrikaans translations says, Whose hearts are undivided. It's simply God that I'm seeking, that I'm loyal to. And sometimes we struggle because our hearts are divided. It's not fully loyal to God. I still have a certain measure of, of myself that I want to please or people that I'm living for. The moment that falls away, we hear God's voice very quickly. I just wanted to share that before I dive in. The question that I want to ask us, you know, as we go through this as well, as we're busy with this series, am I seeking God above the things that God can give, just to simply be with Him, regardless of the situations that we are facing in life, just to be with Him. Jesus has come to torn the veil, and it's not okay for us to remain on the outside. We can go in. We can experience the presence. We can be with God for eternity. So just bear that in mind as we go through it. But just to quickly recap, last week, test one, two, and three that we looked at in hearing God's voice. The Bible test, the church test, and the shape test. 
We came to the Bible test. We looked at two words, the Logos word and the Rhema word. The Logos word is God's fixed word. Written word, the Bible. It will never change for eternity. That is fixed. And the Rhema word is God's revelation word to us. You know, for example, it doesn't say in the Bible that Vian will be a pastor at Shofar Zakunda. Or that you are going to work there to do this. So you can't go and find it there. But whatever it is that God is calling you to or speaking to you about, it will never go outside the written word of God. Vandana explains it well. He says, as a river has walls on the sides, you know, river banks, the water that flows from the rhema word will never go outside the banks of God's written word. And it will never flow in the opposite direction. Then we have the church test. I said it this morning as well. I don't know why, but if you stand in the middle of the church building, you hear better from God. I'm just kidding. It's the people. We speak to one another. Solomon says with his many counselors, there's wisdom, there's guidance. We can discern well together. So we speak to one another about the things that God is speaking to us about. <clears throat> then the shape test. The test that I physically failed badly in today. When it comes to clothing, you know, this morning I wanted to wear a shirt and God says, now I'm no longer speaking to you about slim fits. They don't fit anymore. <laughs> the shirt didn't fit. The church would have agreed. It's not your shape anymore. And just to take it further, tonight when I arrived at church again, we're praying at intercession. I'm tying my shoe and Vanner comes, your pants have, they've not made it. <laughs> so I know now God is no longer going to speak to me about slim fit shape. My form is a bit different. We had a baby last year, that's why, if you were wondering. <laughs> it's the pregnancy weight. It's difficult, <laughs> difficult to share. I will no longer judge anyone on pregnancy weight. I know the battle. I'm facing it. But the shape test, guys, not only physical, but spiritually, emotionally. What has God called you to? What's the gifts that he has given you? What's the desires that he's placed in your heart? God doesn't make us a certain way to use us in another way. You know, he's, he's not like that. He's not saying, oh, Rowan, I'm going to give you an immense desire for certain things and I'm not going to let you do that. No, that's not God. The things that you are passionate about, that you are made for, God has called you for that. He wants you to pursue those things. You know, if you have a good voice, you don't wonder if God has called you to, to sing. The gifts He's given you, He's called to glorify him with. So if you can sing, sing. But if you can't sing, sing softly. <laughs> but also sing. Tonight we're going to look at three more tests. The fourth test. The example of Jesus. And the question we are asking ourselves when it comes to this test is, will whatever I hear God saying to me, or people saying to me, will this make me more like Jesus? <clears throat> and not just... The example of Jesus, as I see in Scripture, you know, is it aligning with that? But will it make me more like that? You know, the end result is what we have in mind as well. We read in 1 John 2 verse 6, Whoever claims to abide in him must walk as Jesus walked. And John 13 verse 15, I've set you an example so that you should do as I have done for you. And what again I love about these verses is the first one speaks about that abiding, that being with God. If we are with him, if we long for him, if we are in him, we will walk as he walked. And not a perfect life, but the things that he was passionate about, the mission that he came to do, reach the lost, make disciples, heal the sick, 
raise the dead. We are called to do that as well. And then John 13, I've already set an example. You know, we do not need to create and made up Jesus in our mind and picture to ourselves what would he have done? You know, what, how, how would he speak? What would he say? You know, what would Jesus do? We don't have to figure that out. He's already set an example for us. This specific example that he set here is an example of servanthood, washing the disciples' feet. And he says this attitude of serving must flow through all of your lives. And in every other area of Jesus' ministry, he set the example as well. He says in the Great Commission, go and teach them to do everything that I have taught you. I've set the example already. You know, and we wear these bracelets, what would Jesus do? And the only way we can answer that question is if we, if we know what did Jesus do. If we don't know what he did do, we can't say what he would have done. We need to be familiar with the works and words of Jesus. And when we look at being like Jesus, there's two things that we look at. What Jesus did and in what way Jesus did it or how he was like. Now those two separate things. And when it comes to what Jesus did, it's very simple for us. Making disciples, reaching the lost, healing the brokenhearted, deliverance. Those are things we are called to do. A main focus, reaching the lost, making disciples. The other things come worth that. And we should be so busy with that because that already fits into the first couple of tests. We see it in the Bible. We are commanded to do that in Scripture. Go and make disciples. We know that we should do that. The church will agree. I've just said it as well. Our form test, are we made to be disciples of Jesus? Yes, we are. Each one of us. We are formed for that. Primarily. The example of Jesus, did he do it? Yes. The lines with all of those four tests, we are called to do that. And we should be so busy doing that already that when a voice comes to lead me in a different direction, I can say, okay, this is going to add to that. It's going to add to making disciples. It's going to add to saving the lost. Yes. I feel this is something that God is calling me to. Or immediately maybe, no, this is going to distract me from that. I'm not going to have time to reach the lost or make disciples. I'm not sure if this is a thing that God is busy speaking to me about. But when it comes to why Jesus did certain things or in which way did it, it becomes a little bit more tricky. It says here in Galatians 1 verse 10, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And we read in John 6, 38, Jesus speaking, and he says, I did not come down from heaven to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. I'm not here to please myself or to please people. I'm here to do the work of God the Father. And the question we're asking ourselves then is, the thing that I feel God speaking to me about, what I feel I'm called to do, is this going to serve God? Is this his will? Or is it my own will? Is it going to serve me? Very easy test, and it's difficult to be honest with ourselves, but it's something we need to ask ourselves. And this will also determine how well we are ties in with what I said in the beginning. Who are you trying to please? Who are you living for? And then the first test that will come across every believer's life that's going to test this principle is Jesus saying, Be baptized. Be baptized. It's like, yes, I don't know if, if this is God speaking to me, but then we run it through the test and we see God says it in Scripture a couple of times. Now you've heard it at church as well. 
You look at your form. Am I, am I made to be baptized? Yes. Yes, you are. Look at the example of Jesus. He was baptized as well. And then you still hear some people say, no, I'm going to wait till God speaks to me. He's spoken. Four different ways. He's showing you. The question you should ask yourself, who are you trying to serve or please? Oh, my, my, my family, you know, they, they're a bit traditional. I'm not sure how they're going to react. Trying to please man or God. And I know it's, it's a hard word, but it's the truth. And we need to align up with that. You know, another thing that God asks of us is to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow Him. Basically, come and die. And I don't know if, if you said to yourself, you know, I'm going to obey God when I feel like it, but then that's something we won't do. I've never woken up a day saying, this is a good day to die. Oh, yes. That's definitely on my priority list for today. Gonna have coffee, then I'm gonna go see that person at lunch. At lunch, I have time to go quickly go and die. I'm gonna, gonna work it in there. Nobody's gonna feel like that. You know how it feels like to lay yourself down, you're trying to please yourself and man instead of God. It feels like God saying to Abraham, Go and lay Isaac down on the altar. Go walk with your son three days' journey up a mountain and go and lay him on the altar and sacrifice him to me. If Abraham said, yes, I'm going to wait till I feel like it, it's not going to happen. But we need to do that. Obviously, God knew what the result would be. didn't intend for him to go through with that. But he wanted Isaac to go up that mountain with Jacob, his father, so that Jacob can lay him down, so that he can know that, Lord, I've, I've died to self. It wasn't easy, but I want to prove you above. I want to prove you... Uh, uh, I want to serve you and please you above everything else in my life. And this is also where the voice of the enemy can sound a lot like the, the voice of God. Because it looks like a great thing, but it's done with the wrong motive. The example of Jesus, we all are called to lead in a certain way. Maybe you come into church and you say, I want to be a small group leader. I'm going to plant out my small group and I'm going to gather some people and I'm going to lead them. But your motivation is... I seek influence in the world. I couldn't find it there and I'm seeking it in church. I want people to think, oh, how great a leader I am. And then it's not God speaking to you yet. He wants to build the character so that it can sustain the ministry that he has called you to. He will call you for that, but, but not now, if that is the motivation that we have. And we also shouldn't mistake the easy way with God's way. I love to do that. Definitely the easy way is God's way. I'm going to try it first never works the hard way sometimes the way that God is leading us into so that we can grow and show fruit of the spirit we read in Galatians 5 verse 22 and 23 so if you're wondering in, if Jesus did something you know in which way did he do it you know, if, he, if he were to minister to people or speak to people what would be the outflow of that and this is the fruit in any circumstance in Jesus life that would flow from him but the fruit of the spirit is love joy Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And God is going to lead us into situations, places, relationships where this fruit can be developed and can be displayed. The Bible says, count it all joy, brethren, when trials and tribulations come your way. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, 
can be the result. Allow God to work great things through us in bad and hard situations. And also to think for ourselves, you know, maybe um, who was on vacation during December? See some hands. Hardworking people here as well, eh? So if you were on vacation, I don't know where you were, maybe you were lying next to the ocean, maybe you were on a, a boat somewhere, and you thought to yourself, Ew, I am a spiritual man. The fruit of the Spirit is just flowing, you know. I'm so patient. I'm so kind to people. I'm so friendly. Yes, there's joy on this boat cruise. I'm surely spiritful. Now you come back to work, it's like, what's happening now? The enemy is surely coming, working something against me here. Because that fruit's difficult now. God is pruning. You know, the fruit of the Spirit is best displayed in the opposite situation. When there's hate, when there's anger, God wants us to come and bring in love. And people are impatient. South Africa is the best place to show patience to people. <laughs> here we are impatient. We can complain about a lot of things. But here we can show them patience. It's easy. You know, when God speaks to us and the sound sounds like go and reconcile with that person. Show love, forgiveness. Go bring them closer again. Go say your sorry. Oh, we can know that it's the voice of God speaking. And sometimes we say, no, that situation brings out the worst in me. Or that person, they bring out the worst in me. I don't know if this is God leading me to them. It is. He wants to bring out the best in that worst situation. He wants to prune us. He wants the fruit of the Spirit to be in this place so that we can be more like Jesus. Test number four, the example of Jesus. And the two questions we're asking ourselves is, who is this serving and what is my motive? When it comes to what is the motive, oh, we need to be very, very honest with ourselves. And when we pray to God, we can rarely be neutral in a situation. The desires that we have, it's there. It's hard to shut off, but we can be honest and transparent. And say, Lord, this is, this is me. This is why I want to do it. This is what I feel like. This is the four things that I've justified it about in my mind already. But speak to me, Lord, and I, I will listen. Okay, the next test. The result test and this is in hearing for others i wanted to call it the building up or breakdown test but this is primarily when we look at the result when we hear for others when we are sitting in the presence of god or we feel like god is speaking to us about someone else he wants us to go and say something to someone to speak to them about something then we look at what the result is going to be when i go and speak to them in my mind i, I hear this thing that i feel god says i should go and say to werner <laughs> 